you know, my boss, he was like, Lana, like it might take a few weeks or a few months, but you're going to look back and realize that this was the best thing that could happen to you. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, no, I already, I already know it. And I was texting my old co-host from the podcast, literally while this conversation is happening with my boss and HR being like, I'm getting fired right now. Let's start a dating podcast. And I just knew I was like, this is it. This is my chance. I'm not applying to jobs. I don't want to go work for another company where I'm going to lose creative control and feel like creatively stunted and held back. I'm going to make this work. I'm starting a podcast and I'm going to freelance and, you know, I'll give it six months. I'll see if I can do it. And I never even like checked in at a six month mark. I was just like doing it. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Chapter 20 Something. I hope everybody had the most fabulous, wonderful, food filled Thanksgiving. I definitely did. I need to get to the gym as soon as possible today, but that's already being delayed because I sat here and watched White Lotus, but honestly, totally worth it. I'm so obsessed with that show. Anybody who wants to DM me and discuss, please do because, oh my God, like the plot twist at the end of this fifth episode, like I would drop the mic right now, but I don't want to do that to you all. But oh my God, I, like I, you never know what's going to happen next with the show. You never do. It's so good. <laughs> what's also so good is today's episode. I hated that. I hated that so much, but I don't really want to do it again. Okay, so it really is though. Today we have a very special treat for you all, Alana Dunn. Alana is the host of the Seeing Other People podcast, and this girl has built such an incredible brand from the ground up, really, and she takes us on her journey from starting out in the music business to becoming the face of Hinge to eventually going out on her own, starting her own brand, and becoming a true entrepreneur and truly succeeding. It's really amazing to hear her story. And this episode is filled with so many lessons and tips for people who want to build their own business, who want to stand out from the crowd and really build a successful brand. She's done it. She continues to do it and she shares some of her insights with all of us. And then, of course, she's a dating podcast host. So we have to get into the dating questions. Some of you sent in some, so she answers them. I, of course, had to ask her some of my own because we're struggling out here too. But honestly, it was a fun time. She's a great girl. She's smart. She's down to earth. I love speaking with her. I hope we get to actually hang out one day, but this will suffice for now. So make sure to let us know what you think of this episode. You can follow Seeing Other People at Seeing Other People on Instagram. Obviously, you can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow Alana at Alana, I-L-A-N-A dot done, D-U-N-N. Go support. Go tell her you love the episode. 
Um, you can always follow me, official Kylie McDonald, and the podcast at Chapter 20 Something Pod. Make sure to share this with someone you think will connect with it. Thank you guys so much for listening. And here's to a great month, last month of the year. Oh, God. I don't know how this year flew by so quickly, but here we are. Let's enjoy it all. Get into the holiday spirit, people. And um, I will talk to you guys soon. Enjoy this episode and much love to you all. Have a great day. Bye. Yeah, literally. You're in New York, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. And actually, I was as I was doing my research, are you from Bedford, the Bedford area? Very close. I'm from Armagh. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. So my grandma is in Bedford and Aww. she has like, you know, I grew up like going there my whole life. So I love that area. I it's love nice. That. Where are you from? I'm originally from Dutchess County. Now I'm in Saratoga Springs, upstate. I passed my road test in Fishkill. I'm from Fishkill. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> you took your road test in Fishkill. I know exactly. Yeah. I took the same one. Or wait, that may have actually been the one I failed. I failed one <laughs> and then I passed the second time, but Fishkill was definitely one of the two. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, hopefully it was the good one. That's so funny. Why did you choose to take it in Fishkill? I like you didn't want to take it in White Plains because that's like almost like driving in the city. And so everyone True. would try and go to these like small towns farther away where there would be fewer cars. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Makes sense. But yeah. all right. 10 years or so later, we're here. Yes, we <laughs> and, are. Oh my God. I'm so excited to talk to you. You are the host of seeing other people, which is one of the top podcasts, top dating brands out there. And you are, as people say, the face of dating, you've really made this your brand, your thing. And seeing your career and how it's grown over the past few years is truly amazing. And I'm excited to, you know, dive into it all. Thank you. It's so funny. Like, cause hearing you say all that, I'm like, Oh, well, that's not mine. That's not me. Like someone mm-hmm. else did all that. And it is so crazy to like, think about like where I started and where I am now. And yeah, it's just surreal. Yeah, I know. And you're killing it. You really are. So I want to ask you like when you were looking at careers, when you're starting out in maybe high school, college, all that, um, what did you envision yourself doing? 1,010% I was going to work in the music business. That's what I wanted to do forever. And I did, I did work mm-hmm. in, in music for a while. You know, when I was in school, I interned at like every single big company. I basically like going into college, like, and my whole life growing up, like I didn't, my parents didn't have connections to the music world. And I was such a big music fan that, you know, I wanted concert tickets. I wanted meet and greets and like, we didn't have anyone who could help me get it. So I was like, all right, my goal, like I'm going to become the connection. So the same thing kind of happened when it came to getting internships and stuff, like all my friends, like their parents knew somebody who knew somebody who could get them in the door at whatever company. And I didn't have that. And so I really worked so hard to get my foot in the door at these places that I like dreamed of. And out of college, I worked at Sony music for two years and I really fell out of love with music and ended up feeling really lost and confused because I thought I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I was wrong. 
Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to ask you, um, you said you made yourself the connection and I feel like so many people struggle with that and it's an easy, I don't want to say cop out because it's a real struggle because it's like, all right, like I don't have any connections and I'm putting my resume everywhere and nobody's even seeing it because I don't know anybody. So how, how did you take that extra step to really get yourself noticed? So definitely a lot of networking, of course, like cold reaching out to people on LinkedIn. You know, I went to Syracuse, I have a big alumni network. I would just reach out to anyone I could. But what I think really made me stand out and actually is the reason I got the jobs I got is because I, exactly what you said, like it's really hard to get your resume seen, get noticed. I tailored my resume to every single specific company that I was applying to and not in a way of like, oh, I picked like changed what I wrote based on the job description, but I made my name into their logo. I used their Mm -hmm. colors and their fonts. And anytime I could like make a creative cover letter too, I would do it in that way, whether it was like making a playlist or like album artwork for my cover letter with like, instead of album numbers, like sentences about my experiences and like the skills that I have. And So I think that is really at the end of the day, you know, what made me get noticed. Like my first internship, it was at Z100. I originally applied for um, an internship at Elvis Duran in the morning show. So I made it a lot and done in the morning show, used all their colors, you know, made it really stand out and attractive. And somebody reached out and said, like, I wish I had seen your resume sooner, but like, we just got it. We filled those positions, but we're so impressed by you that we'll hire you somewhere else within the company for the summer. And wow. Then it just snowballed from there. Yeah. It really, it's always just like, what can you do to really put yourself out there and make yourself seen, you know? So obviously it's worked for you. And then if you are comfortable getting into it, I, you know, I'm interested to know what really made you fall out of love with something that you thought was your dream. So other than wanting to, you know, be that connection, my, I think my main reason behind wanting to work in music was because of how much of an impact music had on me. I, my entire childhood from like middle school on revolved around the Jonas brothers. My friends are people I met through their fan site, literally like my best friend since eighth grade, we met on team Jonas online in a (laughs) chat forum. And we were internet best friends all through high school. We went to college. We've roomed together at at the same school. And then we moved to New York city together after. And like, we literally met through the Jonas brothers. You know, I'm going to Vegas next week with my boyfriend to go see them because I had something about the Jonas brothers in my profile. And he messaged me about saying he also loves the Jonas brothers. And that's how we met. So they fully shaped my whole life. And, (laughs) and like, I I just, I feel like they just made me who I was and, and their music helped me through so many difficult times. So like, I wanted to help other people fall in love with music the same way I did by feeling, you know, really connected to their favorite artists and bands. So that's really why I wanted to work in music. And my internships were all like dream jobs. I ended up realizing like the same time, there's no such thing as a dream job or a dream company. You know, I was working at some of the biggest companies in music in the world and ended up being miserable. But when I got to Sony, I realized, you know, I'm sitting there 21, 22, right out of college. Obviously I'm making minimum wage and like literally eating canned tuna for lunch every day. But yeah, I saw my coworkers who were 10 years older than me, a still living paycheck to paycheck, but more importantly, B feeling like what they were doing was meaningless and they weren't any closer to accomplishing their goals. And it was just a really tough environment to be in where I, I realized that it was going to be very, very 
very difficult to actually feel like I was making an impact and doing mm-hmm. what I wanted to be doing. And it wasn't impossible. I, you know, I did end up getting job offers and, and opportunities that would have gotten me way closer to it. Like working on specific management teams for artists. I actually ended up getting a job offer to work on the Jonas Brothers management team, but that, yeah, I saw that, yeah. like, that is insane. Insane. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, I just realized though, like it wasn't fulfilling me in the way I wanted. I didn't feel like I was really going to have the opportunity to make an impact in that way. And at the same time, I was dating somebody who I was also working with. So I was managing this band as a side gig and me and one of the guys in the band started dating and it, it ended up being a horrible, horrible, unhealthy, toxic relationship. And it got to the point where I stopped listening to music between everything that was going on. Like Mm -hmm. I completely fell out of love with it. And when I would listen to a song, I would just think about all the people behind the scenes that worked on it that were really sad. And I was like, oh my God, this is a problem. Like I need to not be here anymore. This is not okay. And so I, I really just started looking to see what else was out there. That's, that's so tough because that's like, you know, when it's something that you love so much and you're so passionate about, and then you're like, I, I want to do this every single day. I want to make it my life. And then it's like, wait, now it's a job. And no matter how much you love it, it's still a job and it still sucks sometimes. And there's still all these deadlines and guidelines now that you have to follow. And sometimes you don't have to make your passion, your job, you know, like sometimes it's okay. And that's a tough realization to come to, but if you want to keep something in your life and keep it something that's just like, so close to your heart, like sometimes that's necessary to see like, okay, what else can I do? But it seems like you found obviously another passion of yours that you've transitioned into as you've gotten into the dating world. So after you left the music business, you ended up at hinge, right? Yep. So this happened in a very weird way. You know, I was applying for jobs for like six months, applying to literally anything. I applied into like three year rotational programs where I'd have to do a year of finance. And I was having guys that I was going on dates with do my application homeworks for me because I did not know how Amazing. to do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're like, I'll fake it till I make it. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I just need an out. Like I will figure this out. And the whole time I was talking to my cousin who worked at a company that was partnering with Hinge's marketing team. And he kept saying, I wish Hinge was hiring. You'd fit in so well with their team. Like you would love the people who worked there, but they weren't hiring. And one day I woke up and he sent me a link and he's like, look at this job list, like posting. And the title was video and content producer. And it was basically using all of the skills that I already had, just applying them to dating with the exception of a big part of the job was quote unquote, being the face of Hinge. And Mm -hmm. I had been on camera maybe three times before I was not good at it, but I was like, oh my God, no, I need to make this happen. So made my hinge resume, made my cover letter, a hinge profile and ended up getting, you know, getting an interview, getting another one and getting another one after that. And I ended up getting the job and I obviously was not a dating expert. That's not why I wanted this job. I never envisioned myself working in dating, but I, two things, I was a, always the friend that, you know, my friends would come to, to talk about what was going on in their dating life or relationships, not because I had the answers, but because I wanted to listen and, you know, support them and B, my idea I had in my head was like, all right, I'm not helping people in music here. If I could help even one person 
not feel the way that I currently feel right now because of this horrible relationship. Great. That is worth everything. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to change. Like I wanted to help people here. It didn't happen. Let me go help people over there. And I'm really grateful that I took that leap. Yeah, you did it. And you really became truly the face of this brand and you were all over their social medias. And really, like you said, talking to people, you had your like Billy on the street, quote unquote, like videos where you're out talking to people about dating. And those are honestly like some of my favorite types of content because dating is something that we are all dealing with, or even if we're not dealing with it now, like we have, like everybody's been through it. It's something that connects us all because we all have our horror stories and we all have our great stories. And it's something that we're all questioning like no one's ever figuring it out completely, but we can all connect on it. And I, that's why I love it. And it's really interesting because even as I say that, like, yes, it's something that connects us all, but to work in a field that's just completely centered on dating, like that's gotta be so different clearly because it is a business too. And I don't really know how that completely works. And I don't know if you could speak on that at all. Yeah. You know, it is interesting because it's something that everyone can relate to. It's about human connection. And Mm -hmm. whether you're currently dating or, you know, you found your person and you dated before and can resonate with the struggles that people are going through, like everyone can relate to it. The, the business side of things is something that, you know, now that I have my own business, I definitely struggle with a bit because I'm still new to, you know, being a quote unquote founder. I, I feel like we all have very, we all have bizarre relationships with money, but for me, it's like, I feel bad charging people for anything. And like, I don't really know if this is answering your question, but for me, it's always been a difficult thing to turn like this aspect of human connection into something that's monetizable because Mm -hmm. who am I to tell people like pay me for my advice? You know, it's it's a weird concept, but at the same time, it's like, no, I actually do have like probably 20,000 hours of experience in this field. I have learned a ton. I've talked to so many people. I have tons of data and research that I've done. And yeah, it's, it's just a weird thing because at the end of the day, like I want everyone to find love and to be happy and to feel confident. And it's, it's just a weird thing that I'm still trying to navigate. Totally. I could completely understand that. But at the same time, like you are putting in the work and you are, you're speaking to all these people who are working in this field as well. And you're getting all the data and you're, you're figuring it out and you're helping people. And not everybody is willing to go this extra mile to really make it a career when people, everybody needs help. Like everybody's struggling out here, you know? So you got this girl. You're good. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. And then, um, when you were at hinge and you know, you're all over the internet, were you single and dating at this time? When I first started there, I was, you know, I think at some point I asked my boss, like, if I do meet someone, am I allowed to have a boyfriend or do I have to be like the single girl? And they're like, Oh my God, Alana, like, of course, go have a boyfriend. What do you mean? But (laughs) you know, I definitely was scared that it would make me like less relatable, you know, Mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, I was open about my dating life, but, but hardly the first year there, I had a very strict rule for myself that I didn't want anybody to want to, to not want to date me because of what I did. And so I would never talk about like the specific dates I was going on or anything that happened on them. I would keep it very general and surface level. But then when I did get into a relationship, you know, the relationship, only lasted for about four months. And the breakup was really hard on me, despite the fact that it was short-lived. 
And those can be the toughest, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I, you know, had this moment where I was like, literally sitting in a hotel room in Los Angeles where I'd been visiting him and just got dumped. And I'm like, well, I can't, there's no world in which I can just like go post stories pretending like everything's okay. And like, everyone's got this and you know, they're ever, we're all going to figure it out. And I feel like I just had my heart broken. And so I ended up recording this video saying like, Hey guys, I know like you're always asking me for advice. I'm kind of going to turn the tables. Like I am going through a breakup right now. I don't feel like I'm going to be okay. And I'm really scared. And I just want to, you know, hear from any of you words of wisdom of just like how you got through this. And I didn't post it for a few weeks because I wasn't sure. I just wasn't sure, you know, like my whole thing was not talking about my personal life. Um, and one day I finally decided like, no, like I feel like this is the right thing to do. And and there's something drawing me towards putting it out there. And when I did, it was like the floodgates opened in like the DMS for hinge, my DMS of people not giving me advice, but thanking me for showing this side, because we all know every time you open social media, it's just like happy couples. And Mm -hmm. it makes us feel so alone. And me expressing like, Hey, I'm having a horrible time. I'm sitting here crying. Like I feel hopeless. I feel like I'm never going to find my person. If this person wasn't my person, like that just made so many other people feel seen and feel less alone in their experience. So from that point on, I was like, Oh no, like this is how I can really help people by talking about my actual experiences and how it's impacted me and how hard it really is. You're right. And even I feel like the angle of most dating apps and their marketing, like it's like, Hey, like look at all these happy couples who found their love on this app and blah, 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 you know? And it's like, yeah, that's great. And that happens, but what about everything else and all the other dates that go wrong and they're not the matches. And I don't know, it's just, it's necessary. I think to be open and people, I think always appreciate vulnerability and appreciate authenticity. And that is necessary, I think, to building a brand, but it's also like, if you want to be a personality, I think you have to show that you're a human being too, with all sides of emotions, you know? So yeah, that's a good lesson. Yeah. It, and it's interesting too, because on that, like, yes, if you want to be a personality, you have to open up. I also, at that point, once I did start opening up, I really struggled with how much should I open up? You know, mm-hmm. I was comparing myself to some of these other influencers out there. And, and there are a few specific ones that come to mind, but like they were pouring out every single detail of the dates that they were going on, showing text conversations, like sharing, like sex stories, like all of these things, like literally every detail. And I was seeing them succeed so much and blow up and go viral and get hundreds and thousands of followers. And I was like, is that what I should be doing to, you know, achieve that success? And I'm like, but that's not like, that doesn't feel right to me. You know, that feels like, like I don't ever want to violate someone else's privacy. And I want to be so respectful of this position that I'm in. And I decided that that wasn't for me, but at the same time, like there is still so much that I can give about past experiences and about not necessarily like this person said this thing or did this thing, but like people's actions do have consequences. And, you know, there are a lot of things that other people did that hurt me. And there are a lot of things that I did that hurt other people. And it's all about like learning from those mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. You can have your honesty without sharing everything, I think. Yeah. And because at the end of the day, like, yes, you have your show, you have your online platform and you're giving to an audience, but you still have to come back to your life and the people right. in your life. And it's like, 
that like no amount of likes can make the awkwardness of like a conversation with somebody that you know and like have been with like uh, go away yeah. so yeah I, yeah I also try and when I'm recording podcasts when I'm talking about my life I do it through the lens of all right, my mom and my boyfriend's mom are going to be the first people to listen to this. What do mm-hmm. I not want them to hear? <laughs> yes, very valid. I like that rule. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then you're at Hinge, you're doing all these things. And honestly, how I first discovered you was through a TikTok where you were kind of sharing your story. And, you know, you're you're doing your thing. You're you thought you had all the job security in the world, and then yes. it it went away. And you ended up not being at uh, that company anymore. You said, I think in that video that you were blindsided. And I just, you know, I would like you to speak a little bit about that time and how you kind of like got through, because I think a lot of people experience that at some point and maybe now, and it's, it's tough when you feel like something that is so attached to your identity to some extent is just gone out of nowhere. And now you got to figure out how to live and how to make a living in another way. That's exactly it. That word identity. Like I literally made my identity. The fact that I worked at hinge, there was a year and a half where my, all of my handles were at Alana from hinge. That's Mm -hmm. what people knew me as. That is what I was. And I, you know, I'll say like the second, maybe like the last like third of my time at hinge, I actually was really unhappy. Like the, before that I, I was like, this is the greatest place in the world. And I feel so lucky to be here. And you know, when I first started there, it was very much in startup mode. It was like, if you have an idea, go see it through. And that was mm. a playground for me. That was the greatest thing ever for a creative person, you know, to have a company totally. just supporting everything that you wanted to do and, and the ideas you had. And one idea I had was starting this podcast. And I ended up doing a season of a podcast called Dating Sucks for Hinge and not Dating Sucks for Hinge, but called Dating Sucks. Okay. <laughs> and it was for Hinge. Um, it was this really this eye-opening experience where I was like, oh my God, this is what I love to do. And at the same time, Hinge, you know, had just been acquired by Match Group and it was very much not a startup. It was growing so quickly. You know, it probably like tripled in the number of people who were there over the course of like six months. And all of a sudden it, it wasn't like you have an idea, go see it through. Like I wanted to do a second season of the show so badly. And it was like, we'll make this 40 slide deck about why you want to do that. And then make a 40 slide deck about all the other things that you're doing and prove why you need to be doing them. And we have to get like 15 people to approve it. And basically like, I ended up feeling like every single day, instead of showing up, like doing anything that was impactful or doing anything that, you know, I felt really like passionate about, I was showing up fighting to do my job. And that was taking a huge toll on my mental health because it also made me feel like I'm not good enough. Like I used to be good enough and and now I'm not. Now my ideas, you know, I have to fight for them. And it was so frustrating. It was so exhausting. And at the same time, I was getting all of these messages from people being like, when are you bringing the podcast back? And in my head, it's like, I want, like, I want to put out an episode every freaking day. Like right, right. I want to be doing this thing and I'm being told no. And so that was really hard. And I wanted to leave. I was crying literally every day for a few months. I wanted to leave, but part of it was, I felt like hinge was such a part of who I was that I couldn't actually fathom the idea of leaving. But the other part was, well, I found this thing I want to do. There are very few companies I could go do this for, you know, maybe I could pitch myself to Betches or Barstool, but at this point, I don't even have enough confidence to do that. And Mm -hmm. so I really felt trapped. And when I got let go, 
you know, like I said, like I was a lot of from hinge. I never imagined I could just lose my job. Did yeah. not think yeah. that was in the realm of possibility. Yeah. You're like, that's literally my handle. Like, where do I go? <laughs> no, li- literally. <laughs> no, I get and it. I get it. Yeah. I, a meeting was put on my calendar for a morning and I, I was trying to have a meeting with the head of my team anyway. And I was like, oh, I feel like we would have needed like an hour at least to talk about this, not like 30 minutes. And something hit me and I was just like, I think I'm getting fired today. <laughs> and yeah. I text like my co- a bunch of my coworkers in a group chat and they're like, Lana, shut up. Like there's no world in which that's happening. I'm like, no, I really think so. And so I tried to call my boss like before the meeting because I was just having so much anxiety about it. Suddenly he didn't answer. Mm-hmm. We get on the Zoom call. I don't let him speak. I go, am I getting fired right now? And yeah. he was like, not fired, but we are letting you go. You're like, well, means the same thing, kind of. <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, I was crying a lot, obviously yeah. very shocked. Still like, what, like, who am I now? But, you know, my boss and, and I have so much respect for, for this guy till the, to this day. He's so incredible and, and was so inspiring and supportive. But he was like, Lana, like it might take a few weeks or a few months, but you're going to look back and realize that this was the best thing that could happen to you. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, no, I already, I already know it. And I was texting my old co-host from the podcast, literally while this conversation is happening with my boss and HR being like, I'm getting fired right now. Let's start a dating podcast. And yeah. I just knew I was like, this is it. This is my chance. I'm not applying to jobs. I don't want to go work for another company where I'm going to lose creative control and feel like creatively stunted and held back. I'm going to make this work. I'm starting a podcast and I'm going to freelance and you know, I'll give it six months. I'll see if I can do it. And I never even like checked in at a six month mark. I was just like doing it. You're just, you're like, all right, this is it. Good for you. That's really amazing. And when you're the face of something, but you don't really have any control of like what you can actually do. And it's like, I wanted to be doing so much more. And you just feel that. And you're like, you know what? It's time. It's time for something new. I respect you for saying that. And I appreciate it a lot. But then, um, yeah, so you've really continued and now you're, hosting, seeing other people. And you've just started this whole brand. And, you know, sometimes you really do need that fire lit underneath you just to say like, all right, this was a setback quote unquote, but look at what I've done with it now. And really it's grown so much. And you have hundreds of episodes with all these amazing experts. And what has it really been like to transition into this career of really being an entrepreneur and doing exactly what you want to do? There have been a lot of pros and cons, um, ups and downs. It's not all, it's not glamorous. No, Um, no. you know, part of it has been so empowering to be able to have any idea and I don't have to prove it to anyone. I don't have to convince anyone to let me try it out. I just get to try it out and see if it works. And if it doesn't, I don't care. I'm not afraid that I have a boss that's going to get mad or that I'm not going to hit my numbers or that my job is in jeopardy. I'm just like, all right, that didn't work. On to the next, mm-hmm. like there's yep. a, a ton more, um, or I'll try things out and it's like, wow, it did work. Like, cool. Like that's awesome. But I will say, you know, starting your own business, being an entrepreneur, it's a business. And that's like I said before, like, that's the part that I struggle with. And the part that I definitely don't enjoy, you know, I love talking to my followers, my listeners. I love talking to people going on other people's podcasts, having guests on my podcast, creating content, like doing one-on-one sessions. I love all of that. I don't love pitching myself a million and a half times to brands, trying to get sponsorships. I don't love sending invoices. I 
don't love negotiating and I'm terrible at it, but I don't have the money to, you know, hire a team to do it for me. So it's right. It's a lot of learning. It's a lot of, you know, trying to go easy on myself for Mm -hmm. not having it all figured out. And it's a lot of letting myself have the opportunity to fail, but the failure doesn't mean that it's all over. It's like, all right, I, you know, I sent 50 emails to brands and I didn't get one thing out of it, but I tried, you know, and let's see how I can improve next time. Yeah. Especially when it's something that's so personal to you because it's, it's your face out there. You're talking about your personal experiences. So when something doesn't work out, it's hard, you know, it's hard to not take it personally, I guess. But then at the same time, you have to have that wall, I would assume just to be like, all right, wait, no, this is a business. Yes, it's about me, but it's also not about me at the same time. And everybody's dealing with their own budgets and their own resources and, you know, trying to figure it out as they go along. So you're doing you. And yeah, like, what do you do to kind of have that balance, I guess, and separation if you can to just have your work, but then also have your time away if you can? I'm horrible at it. I'm Uh (laughs) trying every day. Um, It's something that I've definitely also been struggling with recently. And what I have been trying to do to, you know, cope with it or or manage it is have phone free activities. And I try and do two of those a day. Some days I do zero, some days I do three. That can be anything like doing a workout class. I hate working out. I hate going to the gym, but I also (laughs) hate when I don't work out because I know I feel good when I do. And this has actually helped me want to go to a workout class so that I'm not on my phone. I'll do that. I'll go to the dog park. I'll read. I'll even to the point of watching a TV show where my phone is just plugged into the charger or in the other room and I don't have it within reach. Like that has become so, so important to me because if I don't do that, I mean, forget about my screen time, but it's just like, I can't open Instagram in a social way. You know, I open Instagram I can be on my personal account. I instantly go to seeing other people. I instantly check follower numbers and analytics and see how a video is doing. And it definitely impacts me if I'm not seeing the numbers I want or, you know, oh, why didn't I gain any followers in the last hour? Like, do people suddenly hate me? And it's like, no, I need, like, I cannot let myself think that way, but it's really hard not to. So my solution has become, you know, taking time away from my phone. Yeah. It's important and necessary for everybody. Like not even if it's your business, but then especially if it is because it sucks you in so quickly. And one of my friends actually sent me her like creator page the other day. And it was like, she was excited about something. She's like, look at like this growth. And I was like, I can't even look at that page. Like that makes me so anxious, honestly, but it is, (laughs) it is like necessary to see like how your growth is doing. And honestly, like on the other hand, like you have seen such immense growth in your podcast. And, you know, I wanted to ask your advice for tips on really growing a brand and getting your name out there and getting something off the ground. Like what have you found really works. I think it's really about community, you know, community Mm -hmm. within your listeners, letting them feel like it's not just something they listen to or something they buy or something they look at. It's something they're a part of. So really making them feel like their voice matters and whether that's through interactive story content or through DMS or, you know, asking a question in a post and having people comment on it or letting people suggest types of episodes they want or what, like what they're struggling with asking questions, all that I think is really, really important. If not like the most important thing in growing any type of brand or business, 
you know, people need to feel connected to you. They need to feel like they're a part of what you're doing. Beyond that, I think, you know, one thing that I've struggled with, and, and this is something, you know, my boyfriend tries to remind me every day is like, I can't control if a video does well, I can't control if an episode does well, I can't control how many followers I get. And I used to have these goals of like, all right, this month I want to hit X number of downloads, X number of followers. Like I want a video to get X amount of views, whatever. And he was like, well, that's not in your control. What is in your control is how many videos are you putting out? How many times a week are you going on the story and doing something interactive with people? Like, and really changing it from like being results driven to being action driven. And I think that that is huge in pushing forward and setting goals and meeting them and being able to actually like take control over what you can control. Absolutely. That's necessary. And honestly, I think that can relate to dating as well, because honestly, like the thing I've been struggling with, because I'm dating right now and like have been, but this mindset of all right. If he, if he responds to me, then it's good. If, if he asks me out again, then it's good. But it's like, wait, that is putting all the power of my happiness and my, my self-worth into the hands of somebody else. I'm like, wait, 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 that's, that's not healthy. It's making me spiral. We can't do that. So then it's flipping that mindset and saying like, okay, wait, like if, this person makes me feel good. If this person makes me feel happy, if I feel fulfilled when I'm with this person, then, then it's a win, you know? So I like that action driven instead of results driven. Exactly. And, and to your point of like, if this person makes me feel happy, that's something that I think people like everybody has their checklist. Like I want someone who had this type of education or this type of job makes this much amount of money is this tall, has this color hair, whatever. It's like none of those things represent how good of a potential partner somebody could be. What you need to put on your checklist instead is how do I feel with this person? Like, do I feel happy? Do I feel confident? Like, like I want to be with somebody who I don't feel anxious around. Like I want to be with somebody who, you know, my friends meet and feel like I'm my best self around them. And like, those are the things that should be on your checklist. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And yeah, it's how do you feel? And even a big thing is like, when you're not around the person, like, do you feel like you're anxious about what they're doing or if they're in touch with you at all? You know, God, I know it's huge. Oh my God. I'm getting stressed. I'm getting stressed (laughs) right now. No, but yeah, Yeah. it's so important to, you know, find somebody that you just, you feel comfortable with and safe with and confident. Like, yeah, things are good. See where it goes. It doesn't have to be like, what if he doesn't like me? What if he doesn't ask me out again? Like it shouldn't have to be that scary. No, the good stuff should be kind of boring. Honestly, I think. Mm -hmm. So you have spoken to all these experts. Like you've said, you've collected all this data, you've gotten all this information. Um, you know, I want to know your opinion. Like, are there any really real rules out there for dating that you would think, or is it a free for all? I have a lot of opinions on dating rules. I feel really strongly that there, there cannot be one set of rules for everyone. We are all unique individuals that have been shaped by our life experiences, our dating experiences, our relationship experiences. So what works for you might not work for me. It might work for my best friend, but what works for her other four friends might not work for you. Yeah. And it's like, we all are like very complex individuals that have different backgrounds that have different mental health struggles that have different challenges and different things that in a way trigger us. And so 
what we have to do is realize that it's okay if, you know, what works for your friend works for them. That doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And you have to figure out what does work for you. And so, you know, I think you can make your own rules for yourself, but know that a, those rules will change over time. And B, sometimes you're going to break a rule and you might find out that, oh, breaking a rule was actually a good thing. And you need to be able to like be fluid in how you date, like learn, grow, realize you were wrong. You know, we all make mistakes, but no, I I don't think that there are any rules that are universal other than like be yourself. Yes. And honestly, I feel like with every date and every experience that I've had, I've learned something more about myself and I've grown into more of who I am. And I think that's honestly one of the biggest reasons why I like dating. Like I'll always go out with like a, a random, not a random guy, but you know, like a a guy. guy, Yeah. yeah, Okay. Yes. A random guy, but they're all um, random until they're not. That's very true. That's very true. But I'm like, you know what? Even if this doesn't go anywhere, I'm meeting a new person. I'm learning something new about them and their perspective on the world. And then I'm coming more into my own. And I'm like, this is fun. You know, I really like it. I wish that everybody could have this outlook. It's the best way to approach dating. And it also takes the pressure off. It's like, we all go into first dates for the most part thinking like, oh, if it, well, if they don't like me or if this doesn't lead to a second date, it was a failure. Like, you also, first of all, might not like them. Yes. And just because you don't get to a second date, that doesn't mean you, that there was no opportunity for you to enjoy yourself, for you to try something new, whether it's a new food, a new drink, a new restaurant, or try, you know, opening up about something that you've never opened up about before. There yeah. is so much to learn and so much you can take away from each dating experience that I really wish people could, you know, change that approach from, you know, it's a win if we get another date. Like, no, it's, it's a win. If you have a good time, it's Mm -hmm. a win. If you learn something and cherry on top, if you both like each other and want to see each other again. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Cause you never know what you're going to get out of it. Honestly, look at it as an exciting thing. I think of like, what can this bring? Cause you never know, even if it's like a horror story, not a horror story, but like a really embarrassing, like awful thing. Like you're going to get some funny thing to share at brunch the next day. Honestly. Yeah. You got your story. (laughs) You got to be able to laugh it off unless of course something like traumatic happens. Yeah. Then, then call the cops. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I do have some questions that the people wrote in and, you know, would like to get your opinion on, um, somebody said, how do I stand up for myself and state exactly what I'm looking for without seeming quote unquote crazy. And this is coming from a female. And I think this is something that a lot of girls can deal with of being like, oh, she's too pushy or she's, she's crazy because she says what she wants. And, you know, I, I don't think that's the case, but have you dealt with that or have anybody who's experienced that at all? And what advice would you give? Totally. I think the way to approach this and look, you should absolutely feel empowered to say what you're looking for. You don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste their time. If you're not looking for the same thing, like somebody's going to get hurt. And I think it doesn't have to be this big, scary, like, when am I going to bring it up? Like it should just be a, a casual conversation. You know, we're all dating. We're all looking for something. And it can just be like, Oh, like what's dating been like for you lately. And in their answer, you'll probably learn what they're looking for. And then you can share what you're looking for, or, you know, you can bring up something like, you know, dating's been super exhausting lately, but I really am like looking for my person. And that's why I'm here and just excited to see where this can go. 
It can be so casual. It does not have to be this big, scary, like, so what are you looking for? So Mm -hmm. what is this? Like, are you looking for something serious? Um, and so I think it's, it's important to, you know, have those conversations, but don't be afraid. Like it doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. And if somebody you're on a date with is like, oh my God, they brought up like what they're looking for already. Like then they're not looking for something real, you know, because somebody who is also looking for a relationship is going to be relieved and excited that you mentioned that. Yeah. Again. And then if somebody like is thrown off by that question or acts like it's a huge, crazy, like inappropriate question, then don't let that. Yeah. Peace out. Don't let them affect you because that has nothing to do with you. It's just showing who they are and where they're at. And if you're beyond that, good for you, go find somebody else who is, it has nothing to do with you. Exactly. And I think another, you know, kind of easy way to filter people is by putting something in your profile about what you're looking for. Doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be like, I'm looking for a serious relationship or I'm looking for the one. It could be like, I'm looking for like my forever travel partner. I'm looking for someone to replace (laughs) my mom as my emergency contact. Who's as excited about trying every restaurant in the city as they are about ordering every Chinese takeout. Wow. Okay. A hinge expert over here, obviously, like, you know what you're talking about. Good. (laughs) That's awesome. And they also show like some of your interests and hobbies and how, you know, people can relate to it. Um, another one, people want to know besides dating apps, where can you meet new people as a 20 something out there? It's, it's tough, but do you have any advice on that? (laughs) Where can't you meet new people? Look, I get, this is what my most asked question on How do I meet people in real life? How do I meet people off the apps? Just because dating apps exist doesn't mean that bars and parties and coffee shops and speed dating and events stopped existing. Like dating apps are so new in the grand scheme of human history. They're like 0.00001% of literally the time that people have been meeting and falling in love and finding their person. And you know, I think about like how my parents met. My parents were at a fundraiser and my mom went alone because her friends bailed at the last second, but she was like, ah, I'm still going to go. And my dad went up to her and asked her if she wanted to dance. You know, my best friend's parents met on the subway because one of them was reading a book and the other one said something about it. Stop. Like oh, I you love those have stories. to just be open to meeting people. It could be anywhere. It could be in a coffee shop. It could be at a park. Like, but, you know, don't bury your head in your phone. Don't be like, oh, that person's cute. Like if only they would come up to me, like, go up to them. Yeah. You have literally nothing in the world to lose. Mm-hmm. If anything exactly. is practice, you know, maybe they're in a relationship with somebody, maybe they're not interested, whatever, but at least you're practicing putting yourself out there and having conversations and making small talk. And I think also the best way to meet people is to ask friends, do they have anyone in mind? Or if you're a girl and you have a guy friend and he's strictly just your friend, but you can say to him, like, I'm like, so over the apps right now, like, I really want to meet people in person. If you either like have someone in mind or next time you and your friends are hanging out at a bar, invite me. Yeah. I think, um, as far as like going up to somebody and approaching somebody like nine out of 10 times, you're probably never going to see that person again anyway. So like literally like, what's the big deal? Like go say hi. And if, if it doesn't go well, walk away, maybe like cry in the corner for a second and then move on. Like you're fine. (laughs) Exactly. And then laugh about it. Exactly. Yep. One more question. People want to know tips for staying present and not getting carried away in the idea of somebody. Yeah, this is really hard. And it's definitely something that I struggled with a lot. Mm -hmm. I think you really need to take a step back and ask yourself, 
do you like them? What do you like about them? You know, there are people that I put on the world's highest pedestal and obsessed over and cried over who I didn't even actually like them when I took that step back and thought about it. I just wanted them Mm -hmm. to like me, but they were absolutely not my person. And so I think really paying attention to what do you want and does this person fit that? And how do you feel with them? And if you are overthinking to no end and you're spiraling and you're having like anxiety attacks about this person, they're probably not your person. Like that's a really good sign that something's not right here and you should not be feeling that way. So, you know, keep in mind when you are feeling like that, like, oh, that might be because of actually like this person and what they're bringing to the table. And maybe this actually isn't the fit that I thought it was. Yeah. I think that idea and the story that we can tell ourselves about a person can be so powerful. And I think something that a friend told me once recently, she's like, you keep defending his actions. You're like, well, he's actually like, he's a nice guy and he did this and he did this, but you're like, you're, you're sitting here like anxious about him, like 24 seven. And it's like, but, but this, it's like, no, no, that's, that's not how it should be. The second you start defending someone's actions, it it should be over. Yeah. Agreed. And it's, it's easy to notice. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was gonna say just especially in the first few dates, because you literally don't know this person, you cannot justify their lack of texting or their lack of being open with you or whatever they said that is kind of red flag. You can't justify it. You don't know yeah. them. And that's another reason why you can't really take anything personally, because I think we again, you know, come up with this idea of who a person is, but then when they do something different, that's like shitty, you know, then we're like, Oh my God, like, what did I do? It's like, you don't know this person and how they act around people and what they've been through. Like, don't put all of this on you, you know, cause it's the other person's issues. 100%. Oh my goodness. It's, it's a crazy world out there, but honestly, I love talking about it. Like you said, we can all connect on it. It's, it's fun. And then, um, so you are in a relationship now, right? Yes, I am. If you could tell yourself like some key things when you were back, like single and dating, like what would be your top pieces of information you would give? I think one of the biggest ones is don't fight for someone who isn't willing to fight for you. Mm -hmm. There are so many situations where I, I wanted it to work so badly. I compromised so many of my beliefs. I was, you know, putting in a hundred percent effort when they were putting in 10%. And I was like, well, they're not fighting for it. So I have to fight twice as hard and, you know, do everything to make it work because they're not doing anything. And it, it, that's not a partnership. No, that is not anything. And it shouldn't have to feel like you have to fight for them. Right. You want to be happy. You want to be enjoying each other and not constantly like fighting for somebody's attention. Like you said, that's not what it is. Yeah. So I think that's definitely a huge piece of advice I I would tell myself. And another one is, you know, it's okay to ask for what you need. In fact, like we all have needs and having needs doesn't make us needy. Um, Mm -hmm. And if it does, then being needy is completely normal. And you cannot assume that they know what your needs are. You have to communicate them. You Mm -hmm. also cannot assume that they know what you're thinking. Like people are like, like, this is the problem I have with the phrase. If he wanted to, he would, it's like, well, he might not know that you want to, that you want him to also like how many times have you wanted to, but you didn't like, yeah. you have to ask for what you need. You have to ask questions. You're not a mind reader. They're not a mind reader either. So you yeah. have to communicate and share what's on your mind to ask questions 
that allow them to share what's on theirs and that you can get your questions answered. And we'd all be in a much better situation if we could just communicate like that. Seriously. And I feel like after any hard conversation or you get closer, you find more intimacy after that. And it's, you feel like you've expressed more of yourself, obviously it leads to something better. So you have to just see it through, get that little push of courage and then see what's on the other side. Cause it's, yeah. it'll most likely be better. The hardest conversations are the most important ones to have. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Well, you are doing amazing. Honestly, you are thriving in every way. Um, you know, is there anything we can look forward to with the podcast, with the brand, like anything that's upcoming right now, or just continuing on with everything you're doing? We're just, just chugging along. Um, I have a bunch of awesome guests coming on the show, a bunch of great topics coming up and yeah, there's no like big news, big drop coming anytime soon, but just continuing to get out there to more people and and making a difference and hopefully helping some people not end up with their hearts broken. Yeah, (laughs) no, you're doing it. And, you know, I've listened to several episodes and you have such interesting people on there. And obviously your perspective is, is so well-rounded too. And, um, yeah, that's why people tune in because they like you. So that's, that's it. You're doing it. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Um, and I do have one question that I like to end every episode with and is what is it that you value at the end of each day? Oh my God. Like Mm -hmm. so many things. I think I just value, you know, I think the best parts of my day are actually like going to bed and waking up. Um, I share my bed with my boyfriend and our dog and they're both little security blankets for me. And I feel just like so safe and, and comfortable and happy um, with them there. And so I think I, I just value, you know, that love and support. That's so wholesome. I love it. It's so (laughs) sweet. (laughs) No, it is though. That's special. And yeah, cherish that definitely. So yeah, thank you for that. And, um, thank you for coming on. If people want to connect with you and obviously listen to the show, where can they find you? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This has been so great and has absolutely flown by. Um, so really excited. Thank you. And I, you can listen to seeing other people wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm on Instagram at seeing other people and TikTok at Alana Dunn. Yay. Thank you so much. Hope you have a good rest of your day. Talk soon. Thank you. Yes. All right. Bye.